Welcome back from our halftime break. Um, if you enjoy <laughs> the first half of the episode on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you'll enjoy the second half of the audio only. You don't have to look at my hideous tie, Ben's red sweater over the blue shirt. And Jack, Jack's got a lovel, lovely, what is that, salmon? Salmon polo? I'll go salmon. I'll, I'll take that. You'll take the salmon. salmon works. He didn't want to say pink. Yeah, he, didn't, he, he doesn't want to say pink. You shut. <laughs> Anyways, we, talk, we talked a lot about the Super Bowl, but Jack, Jack was angry he didn't get to contribute some more of his uh, prop bets. So I, I know you're furious about that. What what other numbers do you have, Jack? <laughs> I mean, the only uh, I think one obvious picks. It just seems obvious is Mahomes minus one and a half pass attempts over Brady. I just don't see Brady throwing it over forty times. I think Mahomes is going to throw it fifty. So I think that one could be crushed. But we'll see how the game goes. Obviously, we're, we were talking in the earlier about how we think the box will run it a lot more than the Chiefs. So this one seems pretty obvious. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Ben, Ben, how, how much are we spending on Super Bowl Sunday? Oof. How it much depends because I got, I have bets in place. I, I'm going to want to do some squares and my roommates, they want to do this thing where they're going to, you print out like a list of a bunch of like fun props, like commercial stuff, coin toss. Um, what color Gatorade is poured on the winner. Please, please tell me you're picking red. Red? Red never wins. I'm going water. You're going water. <laughs> the, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers are red, correct? Yeah, but the Chiefs didn't. Chief, Chiefs did orange last year. I know they did. All right. Why would they Why would they not do orange again? I don't know. I think it's going to be – there's got to be a cooler with water out there. There's no, there's no reason picking which – color they're going to use there's got to be a what, water cooler what, and it's just what brand of water is it going to be dasani i don't know nick dasani i've heard dasani makes you thirstier really yeah i'm more of a maybe just tap water then what's the favorite you favorite no i actually don't know jack you you probably have that what's the favorite uh i don't know but i like i i um personally i think the two general flavors of Gatorade that nobody dislikes is orange and blue. Um, I don't like go either way. I know some people really like other kinds, but I think every, if you if you hand someone orange Gatorade, they'll be like, sure. So I think orange is a really good pick. I want to say yellow was like there's a bunch of years in a row there was a bunch of yellows at the beginning, like when they were doing those like the inception of like the Gatorade pour. They want to say it was a bunch of yellow because yellow is the original flavor. I'm I'm waiting for someone to change it up. I want like that teal Gatorade or purple Gatorade. Last year was supposed to be purple for Kobe, but that just didn't come, come to fruition. Happen? No, it's... It was like a huge favorite at one point. It was like minus 190 around kickoff. It was ridiculous how, how big of a favorite purple was because there was a rumor that was spread falsely that both teams would be having purple Gatorade in honor of Kobe Brown. That was... That's so right now, blue is the favorite, I think? Blue's the favorite. When's the last time blue was, was a Oh, winner? wait, no, I'm wrong. I, I was reading the wrong thing. Um, it goes orange is the favorite by a lot, and then red and yellow. I'm What's crazy. water? Nine to one. What's water? That's crazy about this water. <laughs> Seven to one for a clear. Okay, bang. That's my pick. So Ben's got water. I'll go favorite with orange. 
Benjamin, dump water on your head coach when you win a Super Bowl, Poon. I, like, I just think that there's got to be a water bin out there. Then what if they pick that instead of the, the Gatorade? Anybody recently picked water. I want to say there's been water. Yeah. Parlay, clear, and heads. Clear <laughs> and heads. And then national anthem. National anthem's a fun one this year because it's a duet for like the first time in a while. So people are thinking over because there's a lot more time for pauses. Like if one person stops singing and the other one keeps going, then that's just going to be a little bit longer. That's true. That's true. I, um, so I actually, I've been, I told Jack about this. I've been getting into FanDuel over the last wow, Welcome. I guess. Thank you. Um, I would like to go over my big game bingo card. A couple of those. One of them is, where is it? Where is it? Awarded when another celebrity artist performs on stage with the weekend. Do you think, do you well, think that's going to cash? What'd you say? Will someone join the weekend during the halftime show? Like Bruno Mars that one time? Yes. I would be shocked if no one joined. Oh, the only reason why maybe not is because of COVID. COVID maybe, yeah. Oh, I think that would. We're Florida. We're Florida. It doesn't matter. But honestly, Super even Bowl if. Is like the bubble right now. Like the Chiefs aren't even getting until Saturday. But it's not like a surprise though, Jack. Like the person that's a surprise to everybody else, everybody already knows. Or they already know that they're gonna they're gonna be on the show, so they can quarantine and do whatever. It's like they already if someone's doing it, they already probably know that they're gonna be the surprise guest now. Like Bruno Mars didn't jump on stage and start singing, did he? I don't know. I mean, I know he. I know the Chili Peppers have jumped on before. I know uh, Missy Elliott made an appearance one year. There's been some pretty interesting characters up there. Shakira and J Lo. That was interesting. Um, that was last year. That was crazy. That was funny. Was it? Was, whole, it uh, was it Lady Gaga who jumped off the stadium? Was that her? Yeah. Yeah, that was the Patriots Falcons. That's right. That's right. Timberlakes was awful. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, fine. That was really bad. I'm fine with any performer. If Olivia Rodrigo steps on that stage and sings her damn driver's license song, I might flip. I might flip and mute the TV for a little while. That's. I think everyone muted their TV last year. I, I have another square. Awarded when Giselle, Tom Brady's wife, is shown in the broadcast at any point during the game. That'll happen. I would, I'd be shocked if that didn't what, happen. What, what's the odds on that? Like minus 500? Oh, there's no odds. It's just well, a- he gets a board, and he's got to make bingo to cash. Oh, yeah, I, I like that one. So what's on that row? So that so I've got the halftime one and the Giselle one. So we'll go up that one. A rushing touchdown awarded for any touchdown run, but not awarded if a fumble is recovered in the end zone for a touchdown, unless it was the initial rusher with no other intervening possession by another player. Holy Yeah, I mean – that's way too complicated. <laughs> Just rushing touchdown. Rushing touchdown. Well, they have to cover their bases because, like, is a defensive touchdown really a rushing touchdown? Kind of, but like a fumble recovery. Not for a FanDuel. <laughs> not a card to FanDuel. I know, like, kind of, but not in not in the spirit of the bet you're making. It's not is what they're trying to to cover. Fair enough. I would only consider you've got a defensive or special teams touchdown, like a. Like they're rushing. Like you catch the the kickoff and the or the punt, and you're just running. It's not like it's not a, r- a rushing touchdown. Like a special teams touchdown. Offsides, like you can you can call Fanduel. They're designed to score. No, I understand. I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I'm saying that that's why they have to throw these disclaimers. Awarded when any fair catch in which the player singles for and completes the fair catch in the second half. Okay, that's your that's your row. That's on the far right side. That's good. That should happen. 
fair catch. Your issue is that if there's a if there are any punts, though, there could be no punts. I know. If the Buccaneers punt more than like twice, they're probably going to lose. Well, it's the second half is the is the is the problem because teams are going to probably be more inclined to go for it. So you're probably going to need a punt from the team that's ahead. Yeah. Ugh. It's so so far. I've uh, invested a little bit of money in FanDuel. We have yet to win. We've yet to win any Dan- daily fantasy lineups. We've been doing daily only- fantasies. Yeah, yeah. We've we've only been doing NBA so far, and we we just haven't been pulling out any wins, unfortunately. Shout out to Miami winning outright tonight, plus eleven and a half against who? Duke. Duke. Are they up right now? Did they win? Game out. Game ended. Miami won by five. Wow. Seventy to seventy. Seventy-five to seventy. I think was the one. I thought seventy-seven to seventy-five. Sorry. I thought, point win. I thought Duke was going to get rolling finally. No, they're just not good. I know. That's... They have a couple good pieces. Um, I watched my first Duke game of the year the other day. Um, I really like Jalen Johnson, but besides okay. that, they're just a bunch of college basketball players, and that's not usually what Duke is. So Matthew, Matthew Hurt has so much coming into Duke, and he's really not lived up to it, in my opinion. You think he's a leading scorer, though. He's averaging a quiet 19 and 8. Uh, he shoots a lot. He's he's up. he's okay, but their guard their guard play is just not there. They 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 don't distribute the ball very well. They all are wild and careless with it a lot of the time. Their forward plays there. I would say I would say the combo of of Johnson and Hurt is pretty solid. But you guys got like Kerwin Roach, like he's okay. Uh, what's the other guy? DJ Stewart and Jordan Gold. Stewart, he's a senior and he never panned out. His jump Gold shot. Wire's terrible. He can't. He can't do it. He had. I was watching the first half before we got on the on the podcast, and he had this wide open fast break layup where he just chucked it. There was nobody near him, and he just he didn't even try to put it in the basket. He just it just must have slipped or something because it didn't just like go hard backboard. It like hit the top. It like slipped at the top and hit the top of the backboard. Just fell straight down. Do you so. You guys agree with me on this. The old, old coach, I'm talking Bayheim, Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, Tom Izzo, do they need to go? Like, is their time over? Interesting. Um, Bayheim is. Bayheim's not. Personally, as, as since I've been watching Syracuse, people are getting frustrated with Bayheim. They want Eric, not Eric Demendorf, um, Gary McNamara. Yeah, Jerry McNamara. They want him to take over as head coach because he's yeah, a great I mean, assistant coach. I see the same thing happening at Duke with uh, John Shire, a uh, a guard, a former national champion. Same thing with Jerry McNamara. Those those guys kind of just become cult cult figures at the school, and kids will get behind them quick. And I, I think recruits will too because they're a more modern era. Like Jerry McNamara played with Mello. Like all the kids who are going to be committing next few years, Mello, Mello, they love Mello. And then same with John Shire, who's People remember watching that game who are now getting recruited, and I, I think they'll relate more to them. Um, I think Bayheim. I've heard some stories about practices at that school where they're uh, – he's not physically fit anymore to, like, be running around yelling, being really yesterday. Please tell me you saw the video of him falling out of his chair the other day. I did see that, yeah. I saw that, right? He got way too excited. He drank too much before the game, got excited when his son scored a little bucket – and just fell. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's done well with his kids. His other son plays for Cornell, and Buddy's pretty good player for Syracuse. So he's 
great guy, great overall coach. He's had some troubles in the past with off court things, but for the basketball world, he's been a very good figure. Yeah, and, uh, I think it's time to end. Izzo, on the other hand, his team is not very good. He didn't really recruit very well. It feels like I've watched a bunch of Michigan State games this year, and they're just very bipolar. When they they have games where they either look fantastic or just terrible. I think they scored thirty eight points in their last game against Rutgers. Thirty eight was their. It wasn't even their halftime score. That was how many points they had in the full game. There was more minutes that elapsed than points scored in Michigan for them. That's rough. That's tough. yeah. We're past the point of the practicing excuse. Like Ben, 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 and I were talking basketball the other day, and he'd mentioned how they these teams haven't been able to practice as much, so the freshman heavy teams aren't developing quick enough. Like Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State probably has a few good freshmen. And um, I know, for example, my school, Siena College, up in Latterville, New York, Metro Atlantic, baby, had Metro eleven Atlantic. practices before their first game, and their first game was in January because of COVID. They had eleven practices. It's just it's not enough to truly, and I'm sure at other schools where you have more like highly talented, like top 100 recruit freshmen, that's not enough to get into the offense when you have, when they have all this athletic ability. And I feel like that's happening to a lot of these schools, and now it's catching up on them. Where these teams like Baylor, who are I'm, well, I watched a Baylor game the other day. It's the same names as last year with Butler, Mitchell, um, Vital. Like these guys are just, they've played together before. I know Suggs is a freshman, but at Gonzaga, they're just a lot of Timmy and those guys are, they played together before. Ayayi. Um, Kispert. The Pis- yeah, that guy, Kispert's good. Like they played together before and it was easier for Suggs to just kind of blend in rather than start. So I've, I've, I've been watching a few Baylor games and one guy I've really started to appreciate is Matthew Meyer. That guy could be starting on so many different teams, but he accepts his role at Baylor. He comes off the bench and brings so much energy. And I just feel like he's that that guy in high school, all the girls drooled over because he had the long, luscious lacrosse hair and it was just draining threes all day. And those guys have been huge the last few years in these tournament games. I mean, I was, I think that, I remember that Villanova team a few years ago with, uh, they had like guys like Gillespie coming off the bench. And then prior to that, they had guys like Phil Booth coming off the bench and it's these teams where they have bench players and you've seen these Duke Kentucky teams, their bench play hasn't been good in, in, in a few years now. And it's really starting to catch up with them come tournament time. And I agree that like these Baylor Gonzaga's they, they have, they're, they're seven, eight deep, but they're really good players. Seven, eight deep. Like Ben was mentioning Duke earlier and Roach, not a very good bench player. He's not doing much off the bench yet. You need to have eight good players to win the tournament. And a lot of these Duke, Kentucky, Michigan state, they're not having time to get eight good players. Nope. Nova's got a strong duo with Galipsy and Robinson Earl. That's, they, that's a strong team. Yeah. They're, I don't think they have the firepower to go all the way this year. Just, just in comparison to those two teams that won, I don't think this team is at that same like elite level. But I think they don't have the names per se. I but they have Jay Wright. I they have a great coach. Without Jay Wright ever. Yeah, they have a great coach, and they have the same play style. Where get open. If you're open, you shoot your shot. If you're not pass it, someone else will shoot. And they have capable shooters. They got Caleb Daniels, transfer from Tulane, Justin Moore, Jermaine Samuels, Franklin Mass. They got guys that can play. It's just a matter of will they be able to compete with those physically dominant teams? Because they're not very big. Like JRE's like 6'10. 
and he basically does all the rebounding. And him and Samuels, he's like, he's kind of undersized too. So you put him up against a team like Gonzaga where you got a couple of seven-footers in there at all times. I don't know. Throwback, throwback to an upset potential. They're a team that could get upset just naturally. Because, I mean, teams like Virginia, they either – I mean, they won it, but, like, they've been upset before because they have these, like, really strong guards and they don't really have a solid big man. And the other teams get a little hot and then all of a sudden the rebounding game's pretty even and you can't really, like, come back necessarily. I – I mean, I'm not going to pick Villanova to lose in the first couple of rounds, but it wouldn't like necessarily surprise me just based on how Villanova's done that in the past with teams similar to this one. And then I've seen their national championship teams that I don't really compare this one very much. So throwback, throwback to when Ben was taller than all of us in fourth grade and we thought he was going to play basketball at Villanova. <laughs> still, I still see a lot of the 2016 team though in this Villanova team though. Like I can see a lot of Archie Diacono and Gillespie. Justin, like Justin Moore is kind of similar to Hart. Um, Ochef, like Ochef, no one's similar to like Robinson Earl is kind of like his own breed of player, but it just, it just feel like a team that just flies under the radar, just does their business and they win ball games and they, they shoot, they shoot the lights out most of the time they play. Honestly, I think this is the first year I've really considered Gonzaga as a championship team because in the past I've always thought of them as oh they're in the WCC they're in the West Coast Conference they're not playing they're playing Pepperdine they're playing San Francisco I've never heard of these schools before but this year with Kisper and Suggs emerging all of these I, I, this I think Gonzaga is a legit championship contender this season really have been for quite some time i've been on the wave uh let's see when was the last i know tobin had them going far one year i had them winning the year they lost in the finals right Uh, 17 but the difference is now is they have a nba player on their team i mean zach they have a lottery pick now zach collins three lottery picks potentially zach collins went in the first round but he wasn't like an nba player in my opinion like jalen suggs is a true one and done like Gonzaga really hasn't had that. They were deep that year too. They had uh, Killian Tilly was still on the bench that year. Josh Perkins was a great guard who had some experience. They had Shemek Karnowski, I remember big man who's not playing overseas. My favorite was Williams Goss. Williams Goss, my favorite player. And I thought they were going to, I thought they were going to get it done. They got a little lucky. They got to play an 11 seed in the elite eight in Xavier. And they got to play a seven seed Cinderella SEC team, which isn't really Cinderella, but South Carolina shocked some people that year. And they kind of got to breeze to the championship. And then North Carolina deserved it at that point. But this was a great game. Similar, but now they have number one best player, in my opinion, number one overall pick. So number one. Gonzaga's never had that before. I mean, I would be – I wouldn't be surprised. If he goes first? I, I think he's going to go first. He's, I think Cade's going to go first. He's just he, – he, Oklahoma State's not a good team. Like – He's really good, and they're they're projected to be a. He's probably getting because of him paid an absolute bag at Oklahoma State. They are handing him so many Ben Franklins at that school, and he could have gone to such a. Let's hope not, but yeah, we're we're um, we're pro NCAA. Pay pay the players, pay the players. Ben, how much how how much is Jawan Howard paying paying those boys? I can just. 
I don't know. To be quite honest, I think they all came on their own fruition because they wanted a great Michigan education. Shout out University of Michigan, my alma mater or my current school. But let's talk about them a little bit. What do you think? What are your guys' impressions of them watching them so far this year? Because I'm going to have my bias. Um, I think they're the best. I'm going blank. Who's the seven-footer? Why am I going blank in his name? I think he's one of the most underrated big men in the entire country that doesn't get talked about. He's averaging, what, 16, 17 points? Around there, yeah, like 16 16 and 7 foot. And when you go in the tournament, I don't think many teams can stop him. I don't think many teams have a legit seven foot center that can stop Dickinson. And I think that's a really hard for an attorney. Neither the NBA teams. Like he's a rare breed. He's an NBA. Like he could make a franchise. Just he might not be a big scorer in the NBA, but I mean, just his presence, like this team like a Celtics have been looking for that for years. Um, just like a true center. He's going to be a very valuable player in the NBA in a few in, in maybe next year. I'm not really sure what his projections are, but I I don't know. I don't know much about this Michigan team. I know um, Wagner's little brother has been pretty good, um, but I think Dickinson, honestly, Barstool Bench Mob has been loving Dickinson all year. They've been putting him in their top five players for a while. Like they've been hyping him up a lot, and their record of one loss is they easily could be the best team in the country. I personally put them just one step below Baylor and Gonzaga, but I, I do think they're better than Villanova. So, Durant, from my perspective, watching basically. Yeah. I mean, I've basically watched every dribble of this team season. Dickinson is, he's a player. He's absolutely just a stud in the front court. Uh, beginning of the year, I was much higher on him than I am now. But I definitely attribute some of that to recency bias and the fact that the Big Ten is probably the deepest big man uh, conference in the country. You guys got guys like Coburn at Illinois, Garza at Iowa, you got Robbins at Minnesota, you got Trevion Williams at Purdue. The list just goes on and on. And these are guys that Dickinson, a freshman, albeit, has to go up against every night. And he's not really putting up great scoring numbers currently, but he's still rebounding. He's still making the right decision a lot of the time. And he, he's contributing vastly to the win. I misspoke before. He's averaging 15 and 7. Those are still great. But he's great, um, especially for a freshman. He's leading the team in points and rebounds. Uh, Wagner, as you mentioned before, he's he's a solid player. He's going to probably be an NBA player at some point. His three-point percentage is definitely on the lower end of what we've been expecting as a player. Uh, but he defends at an elite, elite level. He rebounds great for a guard, and he's a great foul shooter. But the, the overall jump shooting of his needs to improve if he wants to be a lottery pick. I think one more year would probably serve him pretty well. But other than that, just the cohesiveness of the Michigan team is really what I think is going to allow them to thrive in March, considering the fact that they have two seniors, one grad transfer, and a lot of guys – or two grad transfers, and a lot of guys off the bench that know their role and contribute to just fluidity on offense. It, it really – it's really something scary in March, especially a team as efficient as they are on offense. Yeah. I mean, this year I really plan on not being super creative with my bracket. Um, I, if, if it, if it, if it's possible, I'm going to go Gonzaga Baylor, Michigan, if they're all one seeds, I just think with the lack of practices for these schools, for some of these schools, the, the, the just um, unexpected games and rescheduling and all these problems, these teams with that are deep are just going to be better. And I, 
I don't think there's going to be much. I mean, I just think this is a good year. Just kind of go all the one seeds and just let it roll because everyone who tries to pick predictions, like it's going it, to underdogs. It's, it's really going to be tough. This year. They don't have to travel either. They don't have to yeah. play two games and then go travel across the country to go play two. All in Indiana. All in Indiana. And, no, and I'm sure there's limited fans or probably no fans. I'm not entirely sure on that, but it definitely benefits the better team. Because when you're at a neutral site or a somewhat five, neutral five site, whenever an underdog gets if going. You have five better players on one side of the court than the other team, they're going to win. Yeah, and, and, and in general, if you're an underdog, like I'm sure this has happened before. I'm not really sure where these games took place, but something like UMBC – a Lehigh over Duke. If you're just at the game because it's in your hometown, you're going to start rooting for that 15 seed when they go up early. And for a team like, like Michigan, which Ben mentioned, Wagner struggles shooting a little bit. If they don't get and and uh, Dickinson's scoring numbers, if they don't, they got off to a slow start in a neutral site. They're gonna like the other. It could flip to a, like an away game, but if, if ben, there's no fans, they're going to easily just kill them in the second. And there's no like fan support. And I, I was think looking at bracketology really thanks to our. Our boy at ESPN, Joe Lenardi. He's he's got Michigan in the uh, bottom right corner facing UMBC. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? Does that scare you? I know that scares you a little. It's a little scary considering they're like the only giant killer of all time. But Anyone Virginia was it. I was talking to somebody about this the other day about how perfect that matchup was in terms of everything for UMBC. They ran into a team that doesn't like to score on offense. They're a slow down type of team. And UMBC was a run and gun, shoot a three, let them do whatever they want on offense, then shoot another three as soon as they possibly can. Um, everyone always says those 116 games are blowouts. And that game was a blowout, just in the complete opposite direction of what is expected. A complete swing, 20-point swing in the second half for UMBC. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little scary. I'm, I'm, what is that, three years ago? A lot of those guys, I'm sure all – Almost all of them are graduated by now. The only people that would still be there are freshmen, right? Seven. There might have been one freshman starter. So. Yeah, that, they would be seniors. No, it was 18 because was the, year, the next year they won. Loyola Chicago, right? That was the same year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I just think the way um, what people – for I'm starting to realize more because I go to a mid-major school and we're projected to be like a 14 seed. We would have been a 15 last year if they had the tournament. Um like people have to remember that they won their conference. Their play style is like the dominating thing in their conference. So they're used to running and gunning and, and that's how they play. So if they get a hot shooting night, they're used to being in the lead. People who don't know basketball very well, just say, Oh, Duke's playing like Lehigh, no name school, whatever. Lehigh had really good players. Obviously had a superstar. They're used to going and dominating and beating everybody. So once they're ahead, they're used to that. Just keep running. They're used they're, These teams aren't playing defensively to try to not let Duke score or not let Virginia score. Virginia, that was kind of a trap game. But in other years, like Missouri over – or Norfolk State over Virginia. I mean, Missouri. These teams know how to win. They also love playing. They're in control of probably 90% of their regular season games. That's so actually – If that happens really in the tournament, they're used it's to It's actually it. a really good point. But you're telling me – so you're telling me if I go to Marist or something, or even Monmouth, and I mention Siena basketball, they're all going to be scared. I got scared. I mean, it's not the ACC. Um, there's a lot, since those schools are heavily populated with student athletes, compared to like a school like Michigan, where it's just, just so many more people, you're going to get a lot more like a tight-knit group of fans who, who are friends with the athletes. It's just a lot more likely for me to be friends with a 
basketball player than Ben, just solely based on size. Or you too, Nick, just there's only 950 kids in my grade compared to thousands and thousands. So it's just a tight knit group, but it's the same percentage of students who also like don't follow basketball. I'm sure there's plenty of Syracuse ba- students who nah, don't. I mean, everyone, everyone goes to the but... Duke game, just a pregame. So they can have the whole pregame festivities beforehand, go to the game. And then after the game, just get more drunk, I guess. That's, that's how it works at our schools. I'm sure the same thing with uh, you, Ben. And we don't really have like basketball like for football, for sure. But basketball games, it's usually just, you go to Chrysler and, you watch the game and you just enjoy it. You watch it, you, you talk about it. And then everybody kind of leaves like, there's no really, yeah, it, it was more of a um, casual football experience, I would say for me. And then you have more people that care about the basketball team. It's probably due to like recent success. And I, I respect that success of the program. For me, when Syracuse well, played basketball. Duke last year, and it was actually a year ago today, I was looking at my Snapchat memories, Pack Dome, which is crazy to think of. I want to go see Vernon Carey, Cassius Stanley. I want to go see them all play because that's sick. They're throwing down windmills and warm-ups, and I'm realizing my team is about to get absolutely smacked against this Duke squad. But, yeah, I can't, Ben, I want to ask you quick. Syracuse Duke, what's the equivalent? Is it Michigan, Michigan State, or what's the one football or basketball game where everyone's like freaking out, like counting down the days? Are so you like, saying like everyone, so like we go into the basketball way better than Syracuse us? and we're like everyone can't wait for the Syracuse Duke game. Like that's the one game you have marked on their schedule. Oh, it's Ohio State for football. Everyone, yeah, the Ohio State game for football. Even though it's not much of a rivalry anymore, it's still like it's the game. Isn't that the nickname for it? It's the game. Um, one of the biggest rival, oldest rivalries in sports history, but not much of a rivalry recently. But I'm hoping this is the year we we finally figure it out. Now we got a quarterback finally. I did not even. I, now that he's resigned, I'm gonna have to reassess after this upcoming year, but I'm glad that Don Brown got fired because last year the defense was pitiful. One of the worst excuses of a defense I'd ever seen in my years of watching football. And I <laughs> have been a Giants fan for 12 years. I'll, uh, I'll make my college football playoff prediction already. I'm going to go uh, number one. I'm going to go with the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide next year. Don't know anything about their quarterback coming in. Don't care. Number two, I'll go with the Clemson uh, Tigers and I'll go three Ohio state Number four, just pick any team from the power know, five. Just some random team will go in. But uh, in my twenty, I'll, I'll I'll even go further. My uh, my twenty twenty two prediction will be number one Alabama, number two Clemson, number three Ohio State, and that will go for three or probably another three or four years. And I'll probably get I'll probably yeah, miss, like, one or two. Every once in a while. One Alabama, I don't think I'll miss two Clemson, number three Ohio State. Yeah, it's it's like. That's why I think they need to increase the number of teams in this in the playoffs for a college football. I had an idea. At least eight. You out, have you guys thought my, – my thought process with this is if you go – okay, my thought process was eight. But if you go undefeated, you are 100% I mean, the odds of having nine undefeated teams, I don't think it's really even possible. But if you go undefeated, you're in. So, for example, my eight seed last year at the time of that thing would have been San Jose State. They would have gotten mauled, but like if if you start your season with a zero point zero percent chance of winning the national championship, like that just isn't like 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a golfer for Sienna. I, it's not going to happen, but like, I have the same opportunity to win the national championship as the kids on Vanderbilt, Alabama, Oklahoma, the favorite teams. We win our conference, we win regionals, we go to the national championship. There's a chance you get these teams like Cincinnati. They had, they had a 0.0% chance to win the national championship. I'm not a fan of that. They should have, they should have. It's not a tournament. It's an invitational, which is, yeah. it's, in my opinion, is kind of stupid. I think it should be eight. And I think every undefeated team should make it. And it, then you rank. And if, and if there's less undefeated teams, you get more teams like Oklahoma in or whatever five and six would have been. But I think this year it would have been San Diego, uh, San Jose state as eight. Cincinnati would have been, I think a six and was coastal Carolina still. Undefeated? They, would, they would have been seven they, in my opinion. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I think I would have had six. I would have had Oklahoma at five or no, Texas A&M. But one of these Oklahoma or Texas A&M has to drop to fill in. I just need all the undefeated teams to make it is my main point. Like you've got to it's, start your season with a chance to win a national championship. Just that's an interesting very San Jose was going to be 50 point underdog to Alabama. But I was very shocked Texas A&M uh, didn't make it over Notre Dame. I thought, I thought that Clemson game would really? be Notre Dame in the ACC championship was – it should have told the playoff committee Notre Dame is not a playoff. I know. Well, it yeah. did beat them. And I just I just think Texas A&M was worthy to make the playoffs, and I was very shocked that they didn't make it. I wasn't surprised when they came out. I figured it would be Notre Dame, but I think it should have been Texas A&M. What was, did Texas A&M play Alabama this year? They lost by a lot. They had their chance. They had the, I, I thought Notre Dame should have made it solely based on the fact that A&M had their chance. And they, it, I think it was over 25 points, which is, which is not a big deal against Alabama. But if that's the four seed game and Texas A&M isn't Notre Dame, they would have tried to score and it would have been they, um, a miserable day. And Alabama, Alabama. They're just yeah. too talented. They were, they were unreal. And I think one thing that's going to continue to happen is with, as I said, like these teams like Cincinnati, 0.0% chance to win the national championship. Um, kids who have offers from SEC schools or a school like Cincinnati where they can maybe be a starter, they might prefer to go to the SEC school and start as a backup just, so, just to try to win. Like, it, like these college football playoffs are making superstars. Like if it wasn't for these, we wouldn't have had the three seeds – the last few years. And there's been plenty of good three seeds and four seeds over the years. And until they made two, like, I just feel bad for these coaches. Have to tell them if, we, if we didn't have well, Tua made his name in the playoffs, if it wasn't for the college football playoffs, we don't know Tua, what happened. Yeah. Clemson was a three seed last year. They, they beat. Yeah. They, there's been plenty of uh, four seeds winning a game or two. I'm not sure what Ohio state was when Ezekiel Elliott went off, but there's been plenty of years where the three and four seeds have made the final. And I, I know, I don't think a three seeds ever won it. I might be wrong there. I don't the think first, a three seeds ever won, but I know a Ohio State beat Oregon, right? I know that. Yeah. They were four, I think. Yeah. And they, yeah. So there's been plenty of four seeds that I'm glad they, I'm glad at least they made it interesting, but I, 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 I like Ben's point, the uh, invitational. Um, I never thought Texas A&M lost to Alabama. In week two, 52-24. Yeah, a team like that has no place in the playoffs, in my opinion. If you can't – you had your they chance. Went, to, they they win every other game. Or are they losing? They beat Florida. 
Yeah, I still don't think. If you know that's what's going to be the outcome, you can't. Like, if you you have three teams penciled in, you guarantee, and that you have a fourth choice, you know that's going to be the game again. Or you have a, a new team to give it some sort of semblance. You're going to give it to the, the team that hasn't gotten blown out by the team. That they, won by, they won. Yeah, so I'll go by actually my four weeks. more than one touchdown in every game, but the first three. Texas A&M. Who? Texas A&M? Okay. Yes. They, so they had a strong end of their season. Actually, the year before, the year before, Texas A&M had the hardest schedule, in my opinion, in college football history. They had to play Bama, Clemson, LSU, and I think, like, I want to say a really highly ranked That's Georgia disgusting. team, too. And they, they lost every game they should have lost, and they won every game they should have won. That's a tough school to play for right now because they used to be big they 12. They won eight straight to always have that Texas rivalry. Texas same one. And the committee loves that kind of stuff. But they were but stuck in the Orange Bowl, they the were, Capital One Orange they, Bowl against North Carolina, who was supposed to be good. North Carolina, yeah. they completely – they just collapsed. Oh, they have a good quarterback? Yeah. Um, they have a good what's quarterback? his name? It's Howell, yeah, Sam Howell. Howell. I like their coach, Mac Brown. I think, yeah, he's good. He seems easy. Howell was supposed to be a big prospect for the yeah, next he, year's he has a strong start to the year, but then he kind of fell off. The entire team fell off a little bit. I remember, I think it was, was it this past year? No, it was two years ago where they lost to Clemson by one, North Carolina. And it was, it was like, okay, this North Carolina team oh, might actually yeah, be legit. Okay. So they started the season ranked this year. And they won a few, and then things just fell off. But um, I want to say was like twenty the final or twenty like nineteen. It was like, okay. Awkward score. It was like a low scoring, like just trap game. That was probably the only bad, maybe I guess against Ohio State, maybe, but like one of the only bad games Trevor Lawrence mean, ever played. He, he threw a pick six, six one of the couples. That's that's the one highlight of our season. Our one in ten. Wonderful. They hung in there. They definitely covered this. Yeah, they, they, were, they were down while, six actually. in the third quarter at one point. So, who do you guys think is going number two? I'll talk. Are we just yeah. talking at this point? Number know. two? Uh, I want it to be Sewell as a Jet fan. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> if they don't, or, or De- not a quarterback, either Devonta Smith or Sewell. Or Jamar Chase. Any one of those three, I'd be happy if I was a Jet fan. Ah, dude, there's no point of having Devontae Smith. What do you mean? Who's going to throw he's, it to him? He's a difference maker. Arnold's going to look Arnold's him. okay. He's he's still – the, the jury's still out on him. We don't know if he's good or bad. So. I agree. You think – I agree there's no protection. I'm just saying – do you think Donald is a pl- – okay, let's say – I don't a- know. I don't know if he is or not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because I, I don't think – I think he's borderline playoff quarterback. I don't think he's like Super Bowl, but I think he's borderline maybe 10-6 and six in the perfect situation, which I think any NFL quarterback could almost do. Um, I, they need to like – they just – They need the line. I agree. Either Sewell or, or, or a weapon. Can't, be, can't start over. Maybe Ben knows more than me. I don't know one position they don't like need. Exactly, the the, the Jets are. I, I, I think Deshaun gets his way out by April. 
he'll, he'll force himself. I if he doesn't, he, I don't know what he want to. Yes, that's where he wants to go. The Jets? I think. I think he'll get. It. I know. You know my, my thing is, uh, why would he? He he already proved that he isn't good enough to make a bad team good. So why does he think he's gonna make the Jets good? He's gonna take years. Like he just took a whatever shitty roster. And they went four and twelve. The Jets are the Jets are worse than the Texans roster wise. They're not going to. Well, it's not that it's not necessarily thinks he can turn them around. I think he knows that the Jets are marketable, so he's going to be able to make money through that. And he does not want to be in in Texas uh, in Houston anymore because of Easterby and all their crappy yeah. front management. They're nonsense. I think JJ Watts out of there. Okay, so what 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 do you think the perfect realistic fit would be for Watson? Like not just because you I know you like the Jets, but like a realistically like perfect fit. For him to I like, think you'd be great on the Giants, per, personally. I'm, I'm, I say the Broncos. Then he'll be a great fit for the Broncos. Let me see. Let me. Let me. Let me give me a second. I'm gonna. Because I'm so. I'm a little biased because I. I see him in. I see him in this either. Is, this isn't podcast. I think we're just blabbering at this point. I, I think football team. They were a quarterback away from ten and six or eleven and five. Yeah. They. They didn't. They were a quarterback. You don't think the future? Dominant in the nation's yeah. capital. I mean, not if they can. If they can, if they can, based on Stafford's trade, I think Watson's he'd be a great worth like fan four first rounders. Get rid of Jimmy G. Okay, I mean that team was, was in the Super Bowl last year. Okay, I'm, 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 yeah, but you see that you see the rumor today, Nick, about um, with the Vikings, how they're going to give up Garoppolo and two picks for Cousins, and the Vikings said no because they want. Um, they wanted a first rounder. First rounders instead of. So I think Butler Center for, for Kirk Cousins. It was second and a fourth, and Jimmy. Oh, like was, that? Yeah, you like that. Cousins. Cousins. Who's like, straight up those three assets? Kirk I don't think he's top twenty. I'm a Garoppolo fan. I like Garoppolo. I think he'd do pretty well in New England. I thought that was realistic, but. Um, who's the, who's the quarterback going to be for the Pats next year? Lots. I mean, realistically, it's, some draft pick. I don't know. They've never had to draft a quarterback before, so this will be pretty interesting because I, they're, they're, I, think, I think they officially said they're done with Newton because he's not. They can't. They said at the end of the year. But what's up with Stidham? Is he is he still on contract? I don't think he was ever like supposed to be a starter. I think he was just gonna be a backup, career backup, like kind of like a Hoyer. Um, but yeah, my my personal thing, I think Watson on the football team. I think that I personally. They, they were pretty well-rounded besides quarterback. I mean, Gibson's up and coming. McLaurin's up and coming. Trey Young, Deron Payne. That defensive line is insane. The Bucs did a very well job protecting Now, now ben, Ben's promoting the fact that he's a student athlete. Um, what did you say, Ben? Yeah. That's a good idea. I didn't really think about the football. Yeah, Washington, I mean, what's his face? Just stepped up. The receiver. Yeah, he took a big... uh, McLaurin. Was this his second season? And he needs a Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah. And they had that Thomas guy who's gonna be, a, I think, a top ten tight end next year. He might have already been this year. I, I just, I just think, I just, and 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 everyone loves Gibson, McKissick. Like they're 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 actually like good. They just didn't have a quarter. They went seven and nine with like, just I mean, first of all, 
Chase Young, wow. But that team is so young. They like, have a division. Like, they're actually good. Like, they, they fought hard against They didn't the win the division. They just, they just didn't I would, lose. I would totally – No, I'll give you that. But they made the playoffs. I would totally bet on the NFC East being one of the best divisions next year. I don't see any team in that division. Some regression. Besides under, I don't see any team in that division going under. Because Dak will be back. I think he'll be fine. What about Philly? Philly I, They're not that good. That was the one team I could. If they go five and eleven, four and twelve, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I think the Giants are getting better. I think the I, I think football teams the best overall team in that division by by a long it's shot. it's bad jack i remember i t- we were talking on the phone like week two and i was it, like oh my god dallas is gonna win the division they're so good um Dak prescott snapped his leg two weeks later <laughs> and that ruined my fantasy season also yeah they would have went based on the rest of their season they probably went nine and seven and in that team had giants been- were 10 and 16 i will go to my grave saying that was it week 17? Week 17 yeah, ruined I mean, it for you guys. They cheated. Eagles. Eagles cheated. That's not that's not why they didn't make the playoffs, but it but it's certainly that's a bitter that's that's now that's gonna definitely become more of a rivalry now. I mean now that the coach is well, gone. Yeah, every Eagles game is personal going forward. And but now they have a different they have a different um coach now, I guess. But but um actually it was Butler that had told me like a couple days before that game happened that they were going to play Sudfeld at some point. No, I remember that. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing the tweet whatever, and I didn't not expect it, but people have to understand that their job isn't to, I mean, their job, their is, job to, is to win football their games, to win the game. But at the same time, they're Doug Peterson, maybe his little last, he already assessed him. The guy had played a couple of times in his career and he's practiced for three years. Yeah. The fact to say that you, we thought we need to get him some snaps is absurd, considering the the the, the magnitude of like the situation. Like it just it would just it made no sense. I just don't see why they do that to the Giants. Like I figure they hate all three teams in that division. Like I don't think they they hate the football team any less. Well, I I know it's it, it was stupid though. They lo- he lost his locker room by doing that. And a fire oh, yeah, I knew he was getting fired. <laughs> I don't think the Eagles would have won with Hurts, but I mean it would have been more entertaining for me personally, just as someone who didn't really care who won. I think that would have been a little better. Oklahoma's got 15 points in the first half. Or what? It's 20 to 15 with two minutes left in the first half. For the Oklahoma Oklahoma two minutes. Yeah, Texas Tech is up five with Two minutes left in the first half, twenty to fifteen. That is, I'm saying, the way I look at that is, is that is second half of a high school game, and it's twenty to fifteen. Let's. All right, I'm not winning money yet on my uh, FanDuel. Come on, basketball. I just. I think I'm. I think I bet two, three basketball things this year, just because I'm being stupid, and I think I'm two and one. Kevin Henderson texted me one day. I was like, dude, you gotta bet this, bro. It's such a lock. And I like actually won. Like I thought I was just throwing $15 away, but it actually like hit. And I was I like 20 like games. What? I was like 20 games. Games over 500 last year for college basketball. This year I'm struggling a little bit. 
Yeah, last year I was bad at it. I um, I always get, I always fall in those traps of like the ranked teams, like one point favorites on the road. And I'm like, oh, dude. Oh, because like it's like Clemson versus, yeah, someone's stupid. Their team's just so much better, but like it's college basketball. It was Ohio State. They fucked me. Like they, at the beginning of the year, they were killed. They were banging me and then they just sucked. They They're not a good team. State. They're seventh in the country right now. Yeah. I don't even know one player on that team. Probably do. Those brothers still there? Who's there's? Oh, the Wessons? No, the Wessons are not. They're they're seen. I'll be back in a second. The Wesson brothers, like who's Caleb who's number seven in the country ranked? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't hear that. I'll see. <clears throat> Houston six now. They're five. They moved. I thought it was six. Five. I think Texas sounds sucks. They lost to Bama. Yeah. Or not Bama, Oklahoma. All right. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this audio version of the podcast. Um, Hoon's got to go be a student athlete, do some pong. Jack Tobin just decided to pull a Bill Belichick. I'm looking for the dog, though, in his chair right now. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>